0: Welcome to the Voice of Fandom podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan, gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a sh- former pro wrestler, and your host, Kingston Robinson. let Actually... <clears throat> Let's go. It's been a week. It's been a full week. I know last episode, I said that I wasn't going to record on Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving. I said I was going to do a live show on Saturday. I did not do that live show after discussions and all that kind of stuff just decided to put that on hold um but that leads me to another live show saturday so welcome it's december 1st we're here at the voice of fandom podcast and i'm gonna go ahead and give you the preview of what's gonna happen this week because this week is also kind of crazy and how everything is gonna work so today Tuesday, December 1st. Uh, of course, we are here live right now. We will not be live on Thursday. I have some other obligations to do, a handful of travel to do, so I will not be able... Wow, that sounded terrifying. <laughs> but um, I have I have some other obligations, some other things to do, uh, so I will not be able to uh, be live and record on Thursday. But with that being said, Saturday will be the live show, and this is what we're going to do on Saturday, because there's a lot of things actually happening on Saturday that would pertain to this as well. Uh, to my understanding, we also have football coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, once once a year, every year, um, the NFL does the thing where they put the games on Saturday, and uh, I mean that's that's cool and all. Like, I'm 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 not mad at it. Um, let me make sure and check that that is actually um uh, okay, it is not this coming Saturday, so we're good. We are good to go. Thank the Lord, even though I thought it was a Saturday or well, maybe the internet's lying to me. uh but regardless of that, uh, I will be traveling during the week, uh, so I will be doing a live show on Saturday. Saturday will be a different show than this normal thing that we do. And this is what I wanted to do uh, last weekend, but I am going to do it this this weekend. Um, it's gonna be more of a Q and A. It's gonna be more uh, diving into me. It's gonna be more talking about uh, wrestling and my past athletic uh, careers and just like a big ass Q and A. So for everyone that's been watching this, for every uh, who listening to this, for everyone that is, uh, been curious because i've kind of touched on who i am as a person and what i've done uh but there are also people that hit me up on twitter or hit me up um in dms and stuff like that and talk about why do i have the knowledge that i have what 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 did i do before getting in front of this mic and talking about you know all of this and, and why why do i see things a little differently than Maybe the casual that sits in front of their TV and and watches football or wrestling or MMA or whatever we may talk about. Saturday is going to be that time. Saturday is going to be that time to jump into the chat, uh, you know, live call in, whatever you want to do to interact and, uh, you know, ask whatever you want to ask. So Saturday will be that show. I will be off the road and back in my living room where I am right now. and we will chit chat the entire time. I will probably get some people that are pretty close to me to also be on the show to just shoot the shit and, you know, talk about whatever, whether if it, it is football or if it is, you know, uh, old wrestling stories or whatever it may be. So to prepare yourself, this episode and probably Saturday's episode will be a little longer than usual of uh, this one just because we have so much to talk about. Uh, with not having the Thursday show, we we have a lot to catch up on because, of course, we had a lot of football on Thanksgiving. We also had this uh, <laughs> uh, just implosion of personality and events and all that in this uh, Tyson. The <laughs> it's just it's just so crazy to talk about with this whole Tyson fight that happened because, yes, it was very. Uh, it was very nostalgic it was very uh just wild and crazy to see uh one mike tyson in the ring in general um, and roy jones jr as well i mean it, it it was such a crazy event like to the point where i i turned it on my ipad and i was just watching it almost i almost watched the entire card which is very very unusual for me because in most uh, big fight cards, most MMA cards, most boxing cards, I typically don't tune in till about 11 p.m. because that's either when the main card's going to start or that is you know closer to main event time. And that's usually what I came there for. I, I am typically not the person to watch an entire card, but they did very well in making sure that it was entertaining, to say the least, throughout the entire time. Uh, so we have that to talk about. Uh, we also, of course, have football to talk about. But let's get into the biggest glaring thing that's happening with uh, football. Uh, Right now, the NFL has uh, issued out a two-day shutdown, basically. Um, Everybody in their practice facilities, all that, everyone's going to work remotely. It's a two-day shutdown to what they are saying is to ease the spread of coronavirus. Now, for what we've been told and given as far as information about COVID. I don't know what a two-day shutdown is going to really do, Uh, but this is all pretty much coming out of this situation with the Steelers and Ravens. And I have said uh, weeks and weeks now at this point, I said, if you are looking for the turning point of what the end of the season playoffs, and then, of course, the Super Bowl will look like, pay attention to the Steelers. And I'm not saying that because they're undefeated. I'm not saying that because right now they're the number one ranked team. I'm saying that because early in this year, their bye week was taken away due to COVID situations in Tennessee. With their bye week basically being gone, and I'm not saying it was taken away as in, oh, the Steelers just don't have it. It's just the fact they were planning on playing this game, and then they moved the Tennessee Titans game um last minute and that pretty much wiped out uh, the Steelers bye week and (laughs) trust me I'm taking my bias out of the way I do believe that Casey should be number one but with the Steelers being undefeated at the moment um you know they they've been going back and forth on who should be first and who should be second. And a lot of people are saying due to strength of schedule that KC should be first. Their only loss is by a team that they have now beaten. So it's not like you can look on the schedule and be like, what team has beaten KC? Well, also that <laughs> that team has also lost by KC. And that happens in division. Everyone knows that. But I said weeks ago, if you are looking for that turning point, pay attention to the Steelers. And with that scheduling conflict, There is no other way to move around um, for their games. And that's when it gets very interesting because if you can't move their bye weeks or what, what they're doing in their schedule, if you can't move their games around, there's no more flexibility, which means now you've come to a point where you have to add an additional week in the NFL football season or you have to somehow make it make sense to forfeit the game Award whoever's going to get the win and move on. Now, the hard thing about forfeiting is the fact that since that game will not be played anymore, you have to find out how you're going to pay these players, which, once again, you can't because they didn't play. So that's what opens up that bag of worms that they don't want to forfeit these games. Now, when the game first got postponed, it was because of the Ravens, you know, Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins, tested positive. This was not a contact tracing situation. They tested positive. So they're out. Now we (laughs) we saw this past weekend where the Denver Broncos had no quarterback to play at all. They actually elevated a practice squad wide receiver to play quarterback. Now short of pulling John Elway out of retirement, That was, that was pretty much exactly what they had to do. So a lot of people were looking at the Denver situation and saying, well, why didn't the Steelers and the Ravens just play? Also, there are, there are people out there that were like, obviously the league wants the Steelers to lose because they are trying to get the Ravens at full strength so that they have a chance of beating the Steelers. And I, I'm sorry to say this to those people that always have a NFL conspiracy going on in their head. It's not true. (laughs) That's just not it. One, the Denver Broncos were forced to play because they had shown and the NFL received several evidence that they just did not follow protocol. That's why they had to play. When you don't follow the protocol, the league is not going to try to shift and move things around for you. It's just not going to happen. And with that being said, the fact that not only did the Ravens start testing positive, but the Steelers did as well. James Conner tested positive. Of course, contact tracing is going to go through in that situation. Now the Ravens have far more positives that are going on. But when both sides are testing positive, that's what makes this even harder, because now you can't just you can't just now forfeit this game and award the Steelers the win. Because if it was just positives on the Ravens side, that's what you could do. Now that there's positives on both sides, this leads the issue. Now, I have seen from several reports that both sides are saying, just let us play this game. Let, it, let us get it over it, get it done. It doesn't matter who is eligible to play or not. Let us play this game. Well, of course, the NFL, the whole reason why they're doing this is to look out for the player's safety. It has nothing to do with just getting the game over Now, as I'm seeing in the chat and as I've heard, people are really not that upset that James Conner that James Conner has tested positive. Now, it does suck because James Conner has been through a lot. He has fought against a lot. And I believe he is a decent back. I don't think he is the strength of this team, and his production has definitely not shown that at all this year. But that is another thing that puts more stress on Big Ben's back. And I, as I've said, For weeks on weeks. Ben is not the same Ben. Ben doesn't need to be the same Ben, but he is not the same Ben. And right now, at this point, that is the glaring weakness of this team. Okay, front seven, stout, secondary, very smart, very savvy. Offensive line, pretty good. Ben. Right receiving core, strong, good, fast. Maybe not as savvy, but so far doesn't need to be. Then again, they haven't played against the secondary that will challenge them. And the team that they keep, you know, putting putting out into the universe that will challenge them the most, of course, is Kansas City. And that secondary is not that savvy. Most of that secondary is very young. Now, outside of Tyron Matthew and Bashad Breland. Those those are the only two DBs on that team that will cause a little ruckus for them. But that's that's future talk. We'll get we'll get to that in a moment. But with this whole COVID situation, now we are we are on the last leg. Right now, this is the last leg for the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And that is we will see them on Wednesday at 3 <laughs> 30 um yeah yeah we'll see them tomorrow actually at three forty p.m and what's even crazier about it is that uh they can't go into prime time because there is a tree lighting ceremony that will be <laughs> televised so the nfl just can't get that spot you're, you're not getting that i'm sorry uh but so this is the last leg this is the this is the last chance that they have because if you go into you can't go into Thursday Thursday is the next next football week and also you've already moved Thursday out of the way so now we have our, our a situation where we have a Wednesday game no Thursday game and we have a we have three games actually no they moved they moved that third game now So now we have a doubleheader on Monday. And then we have a Tuesday game next week because they had to move Ravens-Cowboys. They had to move Washington Steelers. So we are getting to that point. (laughs) We are getting to that point where there can be no more moves that happen. And if you are waiting, like I said weeks ago, if you are waiting, for what will tip the scale on if we have an extra week, if we go into a full 16-team playoff bracket, these are the teams to watch because there's no more moves that can be made. There's nothing else they can do with the schedule. They now have to play exactly how things are lined up right now. And so does everyone else. Because now we're rolling into the point where I think this is the last leg of everyone's buys. Because Tampa Bay goes on their buy, a few other teams that can't pull out of my head at the moment. But so this is your last chance. NFL knows that the NFL is trying their best. And what makes this very, very interesting is that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins will be eligible to play tomorrow. They can't fly with the team today. But there's already words that they will be flying separately from the team because they will be eligible to play as long as they test positive today and tomorrow. So it will be very interesting to see what this team will do. Now, they will not be nowhere near full strength because Lamar Jackson still tested positive. And since it was days later, he will not be eligible To play the game. So it's going to be, (laughs) I think that's also another uh, unnecessary, necessary evil, because just as James Conner has not been the strongest for Pittsburgh's running uh, running attack, uh, Lamar (laughs) has been a giant sore when it comes to the Ravens offense. He just hasn't elevated as he should. Then again, as I've stated for weeks, I think Baltimore's play calling has been horrendous. I don't know what in the hell they are doing on offense, but it's not making sense. And it's been so stale that Lamar has gone on multiple media platforms. One that's been blown up so much, and that's the uh, Rich so when he went on there. He's said that defenses have called out their offensive <laughs> their offensive sets, and audibles as they're on the field. That's how stale the offensive game plan for Baltimore has been. And if you think you're going to be able to win a divisional game against one of the best coaches coaching right now and one of the best defenses on the field right now, After waiting what will be close to a week to finally get this game over with, you think you're going to be able to come up and beat them in any fashion? You're out of your mind. Now, you're going to have two running backs with fresh legs. They haven't done anything. They have not done anything for a week or so. You're going to have a new quarterback, so hopefully you will have a different game plan. Who knows? RG3 made. He may turn into RG triple sticks again. He may be that dude. He may know that this game is his coming out party. And if he wants to go anywhere, if he wants to go anywhere else or be looked at in any kind of way as far as monetary value, he may go out and ball. Who knows? Who knows? But there's a lot of question marks around this game especially in the fact that it's gonna be at 340 <laughs> this is not gonna be one of those games where I'm gonna sit here and hound the Steelers like I have been for weeks like I, I've kind of given the Steelers a break for a little bit no one wants to talk about it but I kind of have and it's not because they're still winning it's not because they're for some reason still playing down to player uh, to to other teams it's not because uh, Ben is missing some really key throws that he should be making. is not because of any of that. It's just because I'm giving them a break. Because, spoiler alert, I know what's going (laughs) to happen. That is also true. Uh, This is a Steelers team that, you got to remember, the Steelers are very good or very notorious for two things. That's usually defense, winning in the trenches. They usually (laughs) will get after your quarterback, which these are key things to win playoff games. They can get after the quarterback and they can maneuver you at the line to control the clock and run the ball. Right now they have one of those and they do that very well. They have not shown me that they can manhandle and put a team away. Because when it comes down to the third and threes, the third and twos, third and fours. Most of the time, and I've seen it, most of the time, I'm wincing because Big Ben has the ball in his hand. In old, very old Steelers teams that I've seen, you just hand that bitch off, toss it, run it right up the middle. Or, you know, you have your occasional quick curl, quick slant, quick hitch route, of course. I mean, you're not always going to run in those times, but the Steelers used to just push you around on the line. And if they need that three, they need that four, they can hand it off. But hey, you never know what can happen. (laughs) We're we're about to go into week 12 Z. Because we got this game tomorrow, and uh, then I feel like it's just a long time until football again. So let's jump back in time to Thanksgiving, which was a which was a great day, by the way. I hope everybody had a really great Thanksgiving. Um, mine was very different this year. Um, it's the first time this year that I didn't uh, go home or spend time with the family or anything like that. Um. This is also my first Thanksgiving where I'm, man, I'm like in my own own space. Um, everything that I look around is mine. Um, I spent Thanksgiving with my wife here in Virginia. Um, it was very nice just for us to have a day where we, we literally didn't try to think about anything. Just enjoy the time. And then we didn't do the stereotypical thanksgiving dinner we wanted to do something that was a little more personal a little more to us uh, just so we could be you know more to us and appreciate us in that time Uh, so you know we had steak scallops lobster tail shrimp mac and cheese uh, just tons of things plus like wine and whatever we decided to drink and it's It's even crazy to sit here and talk about it. Um thinking about Thanksgiving because we have been such, we've been such uh money crunched, and of course everyone is. Um this pandemic and shutdown and shutdown part two about to happen and all that. It, we've been so money crunched, and it was very hard for us to just sit back and think like, look, let's just spend one day and just get stuff for us, enjoy time for us, and that's it. And we did that and it was nice. <laughs> Uh, now, I know it's probably going to be a long time until we do it again, but it's nice. And I really enjoyed that for Thanksgiving. I um, got on a few video calls with family, with my sisters, with
1: my mother, my dad, all that.
0: Now, granted, they, <laughs> they messaged me at like 10 or 11 in the morning, we're on video chat, and we take like five, six shots in a row. I felt like I was on video chat with some of my friends, which is great when it comes to family that you can also feel feel that way
1: when it comes to family but
0: I I was sitting here like you know we planned on eating dinner at a regular time not really like Thanksgiving time but now it's 11 in the morning and something like that and I'm kind of drunk like what how did this happen but then as as that happened of course football starts rolling and we got to witness the first game in Detroit and Houston which If you haven't followed every episode, I have been on a gigantic train of getting Deshaun Watson out of Houston. It is an embarrassment that Deshaun Watson has to deal with everything that's going on in Houston. Now, it's crazy that I open up talking about this game when they put up 41 points and won. But it's also against the Detroit Lions who are made for that moment. We, we, it's become a tradition now of watching the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving and figuring out how they are going to blow or lose games. That's how it's been. And it's so, it's so sad to see because it's wins like that, that are going to keep Deshaun in Houston. And now after a few days, there's these reports of multiple players being suspended for six games because of use of performance enhancements and it's like okay now deshaun has nobody after this time of me and what is crazy to say and i hate that i'm still on this train i have been on the deshaun to new england train i just have been if if you wanted mvp cam if you wanted a runner A good arm, very good football IQ, but you wanted it with youth and a little less injury pro, you get Deshaun Watson. And maybe this year was the time where you could experiment on an offensive scheme for Deshaun Watson with Cam Newton. And then next year, you move, shape, because obviously Houston is in a complete rebuild right now. His top threat, his top wide receiver, gone. <laughs> now his other wide receiver gone. There is no unity. There's no brotherhood. There's no nothing. And Bill O'Brien before getting fired of all the positions that he had pretty much planted bombs as he left. And now you see the organization, which was already on fire, still just burning. And Deshaun Watson is just sitting there by himself. And if Bill Belichick does not make some kind of move to get Deshaun Watson out of Houston, I will be very upset. I don't want to see any other team do it. I don't want to see him go to the Jags. I don't want to see... The Jets trade down picks and get him. I don't want anything like that. His best situation to a quarterback that already understands defenses very well and can go to a defensive guru, in Bill Belichick, who now all he has to do is put weapons around him. <sighs> to me, that is the best bet. I don't care that they put up 41 points against the Lions. I don't want to see Deshaun Watson turn into Matt Stafford. And that's why this game was so important. Matt Stafford was a dog and and literally and figuratively was a dog because he played at UGA. But Matt Stafford was a dog in the entire time he has been in the league this year has been the most embarrassing. And now Matt Stafford's gotten to the point, he's not gonna go anywhere else. No one's going to trade valuable draft capital for Matt Stafford. It's not gonna happen. I don't want Deshaun Watson to turn into Matthew Stafford. Two very talented guys, two very good arms, uh, football IQ through the roof. But because being in forest fire organizations, just wasted. And trust me, as a Chiefs fan, I do not want to see Bill Belichick literally change one player and upgrade at the quarterback position. All of a sudden, we got to deal with that bullshit again. I don't. But I'd rather Deshaun Watson get a real shake. That's just that. <clears throat> because, you know, full disclosure, I wanted us, I wanted the Chiefs to take to take Deshaun over Patrick Mahomes. Because so I've seen Deshaun play at the highest stage. At that point in time, at the draft, I had only seen Pat Mahomes play one game, and he lost that game. But after that game, we saw Washington and the Cowboys. Now, am I happy for my guy, Alex Smith? Of course. Am I happy that the Cowboys lost so they could just be humbled on Thanksgiving? Of course. But this this play, play level of football makes no sense to me. The Cowboys, and it's not just it's not just on Mike McCarthy. It's, it's not just on the fact that Andy Dalton is back at quarterback, which I don't understand how, because yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that. Just know that the Cowboys literally coached themselves to lose this game. That was it. There was no There was nothing that you have to overthink about it. The Cowboys literally coached themselves to lose. Now, Ron Rivera, of course, coached a hell of a game. Alex Smith did exactly what Alex Smith does. This is still a very new-ish system for Alex Smith. You got to remember, he hasn't played. Like last year was not a Ron Rivera coached team. So this is still a new offense, and he's going in and doing exactly what he does. He's trying to be as smart as possible with the ball checking down, using his athletes in space, which you have to remember, (laughs) once he went to Kansas City from the 49ers, he was under Andy Reid, who is the king of using his athletes in space. Whether if it's wide receiver, tight end, running back, offensive lineman, quarterback, he loves using his weapons in space. Alex Smith is very good at being very good with the football. The Cowboys are very good at giving away the football. So even if Alex Smith played like Jameis Winston, the Cowboys would give you multiple chances to recover from that. 41 to 16. Man. I don't think Andy Dalton's the answer, <laughs> and, and I said that before he got hurt. I said that when they signed him, Andy Dalton. Wow, I mean, that's cool and all, but sheesh, what do you do? And now you know it's you know it's really crazy. <laughs> I bet Cincy really, really wished they would have hung on to Andy Dalton now. Tough thing to think about. You don't think about it right now, but very tough thing to think about. Andy Dalton could have been your your Joe Flacco, your Teddy Bridgewater, your... But now, you know, in, in Dallas, like, is the coaching staff better? Who knows? Who fucking knows? And you want to talk about bad coaching staffs. Let's move to the next game. The LA Chargers <laughs> versus the Buffalo Bills. Look, Chargers, you gotta get rid of Anthony Lynn. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like calling for people's jobs. I, I don't like uh, being the guy to be like, oh, behead him. Like uh, That's that's not why I'm on the microphone. That's not why I do. this. But man, oh man. <laughs> If you guys want to uh, get your head out of your asses and, and get to the next level, especially with the Chiefs in your division, you got to do better than this. I I have picked apart this Chargers whole front office, team, all of that. Because every year, whether if it's good morning football, whether if it's Colin Cowherd, what if it's uh, – anybody in the national football media every offseason the Chargers are going to take the AFC West every time matter of fact the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl this offseason the Chargers had the, the best chance to win the AFC West they're going to get so and so back from injury they finally have their answer at this position their defense is so stout, all all of these random motherfucking things. And it's always gonna be the Chargers. Now one, I've mentioned this before, the Chargers strength and conditioning and medical staff are terrible, terrible. And I said this before, before the uh, whole debacle that led to Justin Herbert starting. But when you have a situation where you have very young players that are getting hurt in the same way over and over and over again, there is something about your medical staff that's not, that's not clicking, that's not doing well. Because you see other teams where they're basically being miracle workers. Hell, Alex Smith has half of his, like, leg in his calf and is playing consistent football week by week. And you mean to tell me that the players in the Chargers defense can't stay healthy for more than four games? Or maybe they continue to go see this medical team that pun- <laughs> that punctured your starting quarterback's lung during a quote-unquote routine procedure that only 99.8% of the time Something bad could happen. What's going on in there? But yet, they're always projected to win the West, right? Well, now you have a quarterback that can't. I think Herbert's very good. Herbert also doesn't turn the ball over like Philip Rivers used to. I used to love watching Chargers game in the past few years because Philip Rivers was as much of a quarterback for us as Alex Smith or Pat Mahomes has been. But now they got they got a kid. They got to do. But they can't stay healthy. And they're not being coached well in very very critical situations. Anthony Anthony Lynn, you got to go. I hate to say it, I hate to be that guy. But you got Go. This division can be very competitive. Do I want to always railroad and win our division and go into the playoffs, blah, 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 and this and that? No, I want to see competition. It's been nice, but literally, if we win this game and the Raiders lose again, which I don't think they will because they play the Jets next week, we take the AOC West crown in week 13. <laughs> hey, come on, come on. Chargers, you gotta do better. You have to. Cause you're making this year for first year quarterbacks. I mean, they're putting up great numbers but they're just in shithole situations. And it's it's really kind of especially now that the whole Tua thing is going on. We'll get to that. But, yeah. So exactly what was just said in the chat. Shout out to my guy, Bugs. But exactly what was said in the chat. They need an identity. You don't have one right now. Now, I, I feel that their identity before was this really fast, stout defense. Which they were getting to. It ended up being like, "Ooh, could this be the defense that's built to beat Pat Mahomes? Because they can spy here. They got linebackers that can run as fast downhill as they can sideways. All of these things. And yeah, that that didn't work. Um, and then now it's, "Oh, is Justin Herbert going to be the guy? We're going to be a quarterback-led team." You know, we don't have to do with Philip Rivers throwing away the ball all the time and all that. Well, now you put Justin Herbert in situations where he can't even really be him. It's rough. It's very rough to think about. <laughs> but the Chargers got to get it together, and that's it. Um, Titans-Colts. Well, obviously the Titans took what the Colts did to them two weeks ago or so. Very personal. And Derrick Henry did what Derrick Henry does. And that's that's pretty much the end of that. It's funny. Speaking of Philip Rivers, I mean, the Titans handle business. Now, what I love about the Titans is that it it has Mike Vrabel just written all over it. Like you can tell this is his team. These are his guys. These are his dudes. Like his identity, his coaching personality, his player personality is like smothered all through this team. And you want to talk about a team that lacks identity, the the Titans are not it. Like they have a identity and it might as well have, (laughs) it might might as well have Rabel sitting in like a fucking throne. And you just got Derrick Henry standing in front of him with like a suit looking like blade or some shit, because that's, that's it. That is it. And it's wonderful. It is wonderful football. And I, I am I am excited to see what they do in the playoffs. The one team that I am worried about in the AFC is the Titans. And I'm not saying personally like to play, but last year was their coming out party on what they could be when they smacked every team that they were an underdog uh against until they ran into the Chiefs. Whew. But yeah, they, they did their thing and it was easy. Uh Panthers Vikings, I hate talking about um <laughs> I hate talking about Kirk Cousins. Um <laughs> he is a tragic football player <laughs> and I can't stand the fact that uh they won this game. That's just me. Uh when you leave it up to a game-winning field goal and for some reason that's just that's it. Like Teddy B coming back, did his thing. I I just hate that. Kirk Cousins is so bad. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I got for you. That's Panthers Vikings. I don't, I don't have any, <laughs> anyone that cares about this game. And I know I don't, so I'm not even going to waste my time. Browns Jags, another game that no one cared about Browns. Look, I do have a handful of Browns fans that I listen to this. Browns. This is my issue with you. When it comes to you in the past, you know, several years. Long, long time actually. When it comes to those past teams, you're doing great. And I get it. And I get why you're excited and why you talk about it and and why you jump in the in Lake Erie and all that wild shit that y'all are doing right now. I get it. But <laughs> you you have you, you have to do something that makes me feel that once these teams get better, don't perform better. Like you went toe to toe with the Jaguars in to me, the only team the Jaguars should be going toe to toe with are the Jets, and and that's to get the first number, or, you know, the first pick. That's it. I don't understand how this happened. I don't care to know how this happened either, even though I watched it. And man, like, please. Please do not end up in a situation where you find yourself going against a very, very good team. Now, granted, you guys will celebrate. We made it to the playoffs. I remember, I remember all the Steelers fans and the Steelers players and all that watching the Browns game last year to see what y'all would do. and y'all drop the ball. I, like, come on, come on, uh, that's all I'm saying. You have to be better than this, but comparative to what's happened to you all, you're gonna celebrate it, you're gonna be happy and you're gonna making it to the playoffs, yeah! the Browns, who would have thought, especially in the fact that we could be seeing a 16-team playoff, fucking let everybody in, like, it's going to be everybody but the Jets and the Eagles, <laughs> and you guys are going to get bounced out very quick, like, you just walked into an exclusive club, and you are not on the guest list, Be bounced out very Man, oh, man. Now, I will say the one thing, and it was brought up, the one thing that I've given the Steelers a lot of flack about is their strength of schedule. (sighs) Now, look, because I saw who we're gonna play next year and the Chiefs are gonna see the worst combination (laughs) I mean, come on. We're going to get to play the Eagles, the Washington football team, the Giants. Yeah, I mean, just playing that division alone with all of the key pieces that we have kept, the rookies we have drafted this year, and whoever we draft next year. Playing that NFC East might be very comical at parts next year. But seeing our schedule how the way it's already being you know, projected for next year, that next year will be one of those times where the Chiefs fans will constantly hear: your schedule is almost tailor-built for you to be the most dominant team in the league. I gave the Steelers a lot of flack this season because of that exact thing. Now, here is the difference. If the Chiefs play games against the Giants, the Eagles, I'll say the Eagles more particularly because I believe the Giants are a year away from being a very good team. The Eagles are not because you have to blow that organization the fuck up and rebuild all over again. So next year will not be a year. They will be a very good team. If the Chiefs play them and the end score is 21-20, 21-18, 21-14, that's an issue to me. I don't care if it's 35-42. Issue to me. That's why I say you take advantage of the schedule. I'm not saying that the schedule is the reason why you're winning. I'm saying you should be winning so much better, and that tells me the strength of your team. I am over the Steelers play down to their opponent. (sighs) Grow up. (laughs) This is supposed to be the swan song. Fucking fairy tale ending for Big Ben, right? Treat it that way. You have one of the best coaches in the league. You went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. You should be playing better than this. But hey, we'll see tomorrow. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how I just got all mad. <laughs> I don't know how. Okay. Anyways. Giants Bengals, who gives a fuck? Who cares? The fight for the NFC East has been like uh it's been like a uh, you know elimination chamber match and no one has arms. It's just been bad. It's been it's been a cage match where four motherfuckers with no arms. How do you I don't get it. Oh, I don't get it. It makes me so angry. So I'm not going to talk about it. Cardinals-Patriots. A lot of people were shocked by this. And I'll tell you why I wasn't shocked by this game. Everyone knows expecting for the Cardinals to come in and play this very up-and-down, wishy-washy, not that very good Patriots team. Where one of the glaring issues is obviously their quarterback, which they didn't have to pay very much who is playing like the paycheck that was sent. And I hate it because I wanted Cam to succeed. I I was happy when Cam went to the Patriots, not because I called it, but because I was happy that he got a shot. He's paying, he's playing like a million dollar quarterback. That's it, $8 million. And that's sad to say because we watched a $100 million quarterback last night play like fucking $2 in Carson Wentz, Cam Newton is part of the issue in New England. The other part is the same issue that they had when Tom Brady was playing. There is no one there. But to me, that's not the biggest issue because you know it's wild. No one knew who the tight end in Seattle, Hollister. No one knew who that was. Will Disley, no one knew who that was. Uh, Let's talk about Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs. I can't believe people actually know who he is. He's been on the team for years. (laughs) Like uh, there are players that get pressed because the teammates around them make them better there is no one in the new england offense that makes everyone else better their best athlete on their offense is rex burkhead that is the best athlete in the new england offense what are you gonna do when you have wide receivers throwing better balls than the quarterback former MVP, (laughs) just stop it. But the reason why I was not surprised by this game had nothing to do with the lack of ability or play on Cam Newton's side, had nothing to do with the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are a very good team. Quarterback is very athletic, very good. Um, You have two of the most legendary wide receivers on your team, and Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins. I knew this game was going to tip into the Patriots' scale because if you have not realized, one, you're completely in the dark about this, but if you haven't realized, Bill Belichick can coach against a new quarterback and win the game by himself. Young quarterbacks do not do very well. Unless you are the guy, young quarterbacks do not do well against Bill Belichick. I remember when Mahomes played against Bill for the first time. That was the biggest narrative. It wasn't even Mahomes versus Brady. Not like how it was this week. It was the fact of how Bill Belichick coaches circles. O'Reilly on quarterbacks. And he's right. He's right. They're all right. Bill Belichick basically just puts his brain on the emblem of the field. And it does everything else. And even with that, even with Cam's poor play, even with this offense with nobody on it, they won by a field goal. There's a lot of debate about who is winning the divorce between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Right now, it's still pretty fucking even. It is still pretty even. Jets, Dolphins. <laughs> Once again, who cares? The biggest thing out of this is the fact that Tua, who was supposed to start after being pulled out of the last game, all of a sudden came up with this thumb injury. And his thumb hurts and it's swelling. So Fitz you're going to play the full game now. Uh, come on. It was a chance. This was the time to put Tua back in, um, let him get his confidence back from being benched and just roll. Like come on. <laughs> I I've I've been watching football for a very long time and I have seen some of the toughest human beings play at the highest level. We just saw Drew Brees have 11, 11 rib fractures or whatever the fuck it was, and a collapsed lung, and demand to get put back into the game. Swollen, swollen thumb. I got you. You know, do your thing. Y'all won twenty-three. It was the Jets, but y'all won. Uh this next game I'm gonna say it till after the break. <laughs> because man oh man, I have a lot a lot to say about it. <coughs> mm. Wow. So on the other side of this break, we're gonna talk Raiders Falcons. Yeah, we're gonna talk Raiders Falcons. We're gonna get through the rest of the games. We're gonna talk about uh Tyson and Jones. We're going to talk about Nate Robinson. We're going to talk about how Snoop Dogg should be on every sports microphone possible. Uh, then, honestly, also we're going to, you know, peek, peek into the next week of football because, um, like I said, I will not be doing a show on Thursday. Um, it will be a different kind of show Saturday. Uh, so we're going to kind of peek into a little bit, a little bit into next week. And then talk some new music that's been floating around and all that kind of shit. So, we're gonna to go to this break. And I'll see you guys on the other side.
1: <laughs> uh huh. SLT. Let's get it. No trampoline, no spring hurdles, it's on the night This is a free gang club, an after-party anthem With Don't Stop, pop that Don't Stop, pop that pop that standards. Check pour a double cup, go ahead and take a sip And wake up the next morning with the thoughts of saying this All I know, 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 all I know Yeah, is we gon' have a party tonight, 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 tonight. And you know my situation Go to sleep, wake up, do it all again Same thing, new day, we close, new spot this routine Here will never end And the only reason I do it Is to show you, you can have fun with life I grind hard and shine hard Every day, why not party hard all night? You only live once so You gotta push hard for that dream Before somebody knocks you off Handle your business And you will witness your work will pay off You can do what you want So now I'm stunting. I'm getting money My fam is with me Life is lovely and take wake up the next morning
0: To my guy Charlie, A.K.A. L.T. That was a track straight from him. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's titled "All I Know." Uh, that's that's my dog right there. Uh, as I said, um, as this as this whole thing grows, uh, all of my music will be featured by friends close to me or uh, produced by me uh, personally. Um, it, it, it that's just how I plan on doing all of this. Um, I've always been a guy that brings brings my family, brings my crew up with me. And, you know, that's what I plan to do with this. Um, I remember last week I did a track that was by T-Pain. The biggest reason why I did that um, is because T-Pain had released two, two set lists of instrumentals and songs that he basically just gave to content creators, whether if you're a podcast and YouTube and whatever it may be. Uh, Just because he's in the content creating space as well now doing uh, his Twitch channel. uh, I wanted to, you know, put a message and I'll continue to use it. So, uh, but I wanted to put that message out there for my content creators that are looking for music that may not be um, in the best situation like I am where I can, you know, make my own music or I have friends and close contacts that also make music as well. So shout out to my guy, Charlie. That was uh that was his track. um so with that being said, let's dive in to Raiders Falcons. now, I think I started this show um, pretty positive I started this show <laughs> talking a lot of heat about the Falcons, and that's because. Uh, even though I'm a Chiefs fan, my dad was born and raised in Atlanta. He has been a Falcons fan his entire life. I have only been able to watch Falcons football for most of my life uh, because of that. And, you know, we we moved around a lot, um, but most of the time it was in the southeast region. So most games that were, you know, broadcasted to us were Falcons games. Man, oh, man, oh, man, (laughs) you would think I would be so high on the Falcons right now because of what they did to the Raiders, but I'm actually going to talk about the Raiders for a second because I, I don't care about the Falcons. I don't care about what they did. It was more of what the Raiders just did. The Raiders did everything I needed them to do to solidify what I've been saying about When they won in week five, they won the Super Bowl. When they beat Kansas City in week five, they won everything that they planned on doing this entire season. John Gruden said he's built this team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He said he built this team to compete and play against Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't translate into being very good throughout the season. That doesn't translate into winning football, football games all the time. Football is all about matchups. And if your only thought is the matchup against the Chiefs, there are teams that will expose you. Now, trust me, there are so many football analysts and people with microphones with bigger platforms than me that are going to be like, shut the fuck up. You need to build your team to compete within your division. Um, They also won the Super Bowl. So, of course, you you want to build your team to be able to beat them and blah, blah, blah. How's it working? They beat the Chiefs in week five. That's great. But just like I mentioned earlier, if the Chiefs win and the Raiders lose this week, the Chiefs take the AFC West. And that's it. So go back to the lab and draw it up again because you got beat by the Falcons 43-6. to I don't know what else to tell you. Derek Carr, you looked like the Derek Carr that we know. <laughs> that defense, for some reason, made Matt Ryan look like Super Bowl, Matt Ryan, before the lead collapsed. And this was without Julio Jones on the field. It took a while. You know, looking at the game for a little bit, I was like, man, how the fuck is this game is pretty ugly. And then all of a sudden, it just cracked wide open. (sighs) I just don't get it. I I don't understand, but hey, hey it's 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 not for me to understand. it's just for me to talk about. And speaking of things I don't understand, Saints Broncos, I felt like I felt like this game should have just not have happened. I had Saints fans on my Twitter feed getting upset that they turned the broadcast from the Saints game like stop. It's Broncos Saints. The Broncos didn't have a quarterback. <laughs> like the Saints are playing with their backup quarterback. Guys, I've I've watched games where there's a 30 point blowout, and going into the fourth quarter, they changed the game. You're talking about a game with one side has no quarterback, the other side's playing with a backup quarterback, and they're up by 20 plus. Yeah, yeah, it's going to change. Yeah, no one's going to watch this. I'm not going to watch it. So, yeah, that that happens. Um, There's nothing to talk about this. Taysom Hill is... He's okay. Once again, great athlete. Does does what he's supposed to do very well. Um, But he's... To me, he's not a starting quarterback. And uh, it's showing and... What's great about this time while Drew brees I mean, not what's great about him being hurt, but what's great about this time that he is on the sideline is that Taysom Hill can start to develop what he could be as a starting quarterback. That's cool. That's all I got for you. 49ers Rams, the 49ers have turned into one of the most pesky teams in the NFL. They will not let you just take the win from them even though they should. Jimmy G, out. (laughs) What was in talks of your best tight end in the league, George Kittle, out. 80% of your defense, out. Running backs, out. Wide receivers, old linemen like you you name it, they don't have them on the field. Yet... (laughs) They're they're just they're just still trying to win games. I mean, I love it. I'm shocked by it, but I I love it. Robbie Gold, last second, grab the field goal, win the game. Good shit. <laughs> I think mean, that's all I have to say is good shit. How how could you not say that? Bears Packers terrible shit. I mean, good shit by the Packers. Shit, the Bears have become one of the most uninteresting, unwatchable, uncompetitive teams to have. There was a giant narrative about how the Bears are the worst 5-1 team back when they were 5-1. Uh, even when they went 3-0 uh, before Mr. Trubisky got benched, it was, I don't understand how this team is winning games. Mitch isn't that great, this or that, blah, blah, blah. And here we are. Uh, the Bears have come down to reality. Um, we have come full circle now. Mitch is starting. And who fucking cares? Literally, that made this big hype about how Mitch is revitalized. And he's, he's probably going to play to the potential in, in the projection that we saw him at because right now the greatest thing about Mitch Trubisky is that he was taken before Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and he is not either of those guys and he he played like Mitch Trubisky there was nothing different about him he was careless with the football he was too slow to read his decisions and that was it i mean literally at this point having miss trubisky and having having nick Foles is like only having a butter knife and a serrated knife and you're about to go eat some steak like what are you gonna do with a butter knife and a bread knife with steak that's what they have going on and it's, it's bad to see. It's bad to look at, especially in the fact they have very good athletes sprinkled through the team. That's bad. Trust me, I, I would love to have Khalil Mack on another team. Granted, <laughs> I said that when he was a Raider, and I got my wish, and, and then you got this. But David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, like I would love to see these guys in better situations. Let's say that, better situations. Because they could be on the same team and have a better situation. So I'll say that. Bad game. Aaron Rodgers did what Aaron Rodgers was supposed to do. Uh, He was having fun. He was just dropping dimes, throwing bombs. It was easy. Devontae Adams, have you a day. Like that was, come on. Come on. Um man. Do I really want to do I want to talk Chiefs or do I want to talk what happened yesterday? Uh we'll talk Chiefs cuz I feel like that's going to be that's going to be the easier conversation. <laughs> oh man. Uh so Chiefs Buccaneers which was starting you couldn't have told me that this would be a you know, not an overhyped game, not something that everyone's going to be on my phone, on my timeline talking about when the game starts, like all that. Right at the beginning of the season, you saw Chiefs-Bucks and you're like, hmm, preview of a potential Super Bowl matchup, Tom Brady and Mahomes again. Now Tom Brady has weapons, so there's no bitch, like all this kind of shit. I am going to lay this out for you as easy as possible. The past few weeks, I have said the Buccaneers are a paper team. When you put all those last names and numbers together, they look great. Brady, Godwin, Evans, Brown, Fournette, McCoy. Don't even go to defense. Yeah, it looks great. But these are all names that haven't really been all together. That's just how that is. You have an season with no real offseason. You have Brady coming in, changing, manipulating the scheme, constantly adding new parts. It's not working. Bruce Arians <laughs> calling plays that don't cater to his quarterback. It's not working. Then he goes in these post-games and pre-game press conferences and blames Tom Brady. Oh, we have open shots. He's just missing them. Now, yes, I'll put a lot of blame on Tom Brady. Right but a lot of it goes to Bruce Arians as well. He's not helping his quarterback. He's not helping his offense get adjusted to each other, learning the timing of each other. And the one thing I will give kudos to Bruce Arians about is the fact that he was very transparent and very for real in the fact that, yeah, you can't just put a bunch of names together. He said this in his post game, right after the game. He said, everyone was ready to award us the Lombardi in the offseason. You can't just get a bunch of guys together and go win the Super Bowl. This is what I've been saying every week when I talk about the Bucks. Real-life football is not a Madden Ultimate team. It's not a Mutt League. You can't just get all these players together that are very good in their respective roles and just expect them to work very well. It's not how that works. And you saw that in this game. 27-24 makes this game look like it was the previous Mahomes-Brady's games, where it was close, it was a dogfight, And one of them made a last-minute drive to put points on the board and seal the game. That was not the case. This was a game where (laughs) this this was a game. I looked at the chat, and it was a hilarious quote that I'm going to get to in a second. This was a game where Patrick Mahomes and that offense, and Andy Reid, established dominance very early. Saw a coaching mistake that the Buccaneers were just for some reason unwilling to make adjustments about. And just took advantage of it. And then after that, they chilled. Do I like the fact that they chilled? Absolutely not. But they chilled. And what's very hard about knowing you're very good it it takes a little different kind of motivation to continue to play at that level this wasn't a situation where uh, where we played down to a team because we didn't there wasn't any mistakes there wasn't any picks or off-script plays that went terribly wrong. There is one strip sack fumble that I expected much more of. But what what is very odd is that Andy used to get Andy Reid used to get criticized so much about this. Put your foot on the gas and keep it there. You have a wide receiver who has been told he's just a special teamer. You have a wide receiver that says, oh, you know, the national media says he's just a fast guy. And in the past few years, it has developed in the fact that, oh, maybe he's not just fast. Oh, he's starting to run very good routes. Oh, he just jumped over three defenders in triple coverage and caught a bomb over the head of all of the people guarding him. He runs routes differently because these are routes that are made for him. His slant and goals, his in and outs, his zigs, his digs. <laughs> they have five to ten more yards on the route tree than most other receivers because he can cover that ground in the same time. A lot of people are like, oh, he has these long routes. He has these go routes because he's only fast. No, he has those routes because he can cover different directions in the same time another receiver does. His And it's wild because he can run them at the one. He can run them in the slot. He can run his routes from the backfield. (laughs) He can run them anywhere. And he's mad because he is still getting better. And he went from 14th, 14th in the league in receiving, and in one game, went to number one. The Chiefs, (laughs) the Chiefs are so ridiculous on offense. Not only did he go from 14th to one, but the second, the second leading receiver in the league is his teammate, Travis Kelsey, who has been in the top five for a long time. And Travis Kelsey is right next to him in the leading receiver. And if you think that that's going to slow down, I'm sorry, but it's not. Because guess who they see next week? The Denver Broncos, who still right now don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Another divisional opponent who uh, the team is in a disarray and they have to play in Kansas City. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's just not going to go well and it's going to be another day where they're going to have a day. That's that. And Tyreek Hill is going to continue to be better. Sammy Watkins is now two weeks back, and I guarantee you, with it being a divisional game and it being prime time, I don't, I don't know. It's very. I will say one thing that is very weird for me is that now I don't always have to go and pull up an internet stream or. You know, uh, buy NFL Sunday ticket or all that just to watch Chiefs anymore? Because we've been on primetime four to five times out of the season already. It's it's very different. It's very different. But it is funny to see these national media outlets and all that say. Tyreek Hill is the number one wide receiver. Tyreek Hill is the best out there. His routes, his speed, his durability. We've been talking about this for so long. And in all your wide receiver rankings and all that, it's been DK Metcalf, and and Tyler Lockett, and Devontae Adams, and Slant Boy Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, and all that. I appreciate all those athletes. They are very good at what they do. No one is Tyreek Kill. What's What's really crazy is that DK Metcalf can't run a fucking route without them comparing him to Chad Johnson. Anytime Tyree Kill does anything, It's Tyree Kill. You know, for a while when he was returning, it was, oh, the Chiefs found them, another Dante Hall, all this and that, blah, blah, blah. Anytime DK Metcalf does anything, Chad Johnson's brought up. That's how I know you're not that guy. It's great to be compared. It is better to be the first. And... Just like, just, I was just about to say, just like Claypool, and the chat stole it from me. But also, and this is this is why this this goes full circle. You want to know what happened when DK was going off last night? You know, I had 100 yards or so in the first half. DK was going off. He was having a very good game. And guess who was brought up? A highlight reel of Tyreek Hill this past weekend. Even the announcer said, "D.K. Metcalf is having a night. It's not a Tyreek Hill night." Mm. Sorry, you're not that dude yet. Great, great athlete. Body is is fucking chiseled. You're giant. You're fast. You're starting to ve- You're you're starting to develop your route tree. but the two different athletes, they do two different things very well. Everyone was so high on DK because he was big and could run fast. Everyone was high on Tyreek Kill because he was fast. But you have to remember the development that happens. Now, in two, three years, DK Metcalf could be the most dominant receiver that walks onto the field, but not yet. Tyreek Hill has been building this entire thing for years. And the pinnacle of this evolution, the the like next stage that started it is when Jalen Ramsey was like, I don't need to stress over him because he's just a return specialist. That's what started this all. And that's when Tyreek dug his foot into the ground and was like, hmm, just a return specialist. And since then, you saw his progression go <laughs> go through the roof. That's how all this started. Because Tyreek was doing OK. He was doing well. He was still being used on punt return, still using, being used on kick return. But as soon as Jalen Ramsey was like, he is just a special teamer. When he kept saying, oh, he made the Pro Bowl for return, okay, cool. And Tyreek now does what he does on now a national level and a Super Bowl caliber and former Super Bowl team. And Jalen Ramsey has nothing to show about it. I have seen Tyreek. We watched Tyreek Hill for an entire quarter. Embarrass what was one of the best pass defenses in the league. This what people were saying, the strength of Tampa Bay is their defense. Can't run on them, can't really pass on them. They're very fast. They play gritty. Todd Bowles just moves them around, does this or that, and Tyree Kill took a quarter and torched them like they were a practice squad. Patrick Mahomes did whatever he wanted in the pocket. He moved around. He stood there. He backpedaled for the 10 yards. He did whatever he wanted against, with, with having a makeshift offensive line. This offensive line is still not even close to the starting offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. Still not even close. And Pat still did whatever he wanted. Now, what I don't like is the whole taking their foot off the gas pedal, letting, letting them ease their way back into the game. Like, you also have to remember there's Tom Brady on the other side. You have to play a complete game. Now, also, I know this team is very selfless. They don't care about records. They don't care about this or that. I'm sitting here looking at the game, and I see three potential monumental records that could be broken in one game. You have the single season, the single game receiving record, the single game passing record, and you have Travis Kelsey that is just 40 or so yards short at that time going towards, you know, the middle of the game. 40 40 yards or so short of getting his fifth 1,000 receiving yard season in a row. And solidifying his role as the best tight end today. And I thought it would have been very, very cinematic for it to happen as he's playing against Gronk on the other side of the ball. I wanted all those to happen. This team does not care about all of that. They are a very selfless team. So if it's a run that's called, Pat does have the choice to audible out and make it a pass to get these extra yards to get towards that. He doesn't care to do so. Tyree could go to the huddle and be like, hey, I'm 60 60 or so yards short of this record. Let's draw up whatever the fuck and let's get this out the way. They could do it. And how the offense was rolling, literally, I'm sure they could call a play and it would happen like that. They don't care. Teams that are focused on that are more focused on what's going to be said on first take versus what they're going to be doing in January. That's a big deal. Anyways, Tom Brady looked like a bum. (laughs) He did. Uh, Two picks. One was off the helmet of Daniel Sorensen. The other one was just a great play by Bashad Breland. Um, Tom Tom Brady is doing, he is literally doing exactly what I've been saying he's going to do. Um, He is doing his best in the system, but Tom Brady is not a five to seven, seven step drop back quarterback. He could, look, he could have been, I'm not saying Tom Brady lacks the athleticism to be this kind of quarterback. I'm not being that guy that says Tom Brady can't throw the deep ball. What I'm saying is that He has been conditioned to play football the way that he has for the past 20 years and and saw a lot of success through that. He is now doing something very different with players, with coaches that are very different. It's not just going to be seamless. It's not just going to be that easy. People are seeing that now. Because when the Chiefs put up 17 points and just looked at the Buccaneer sidelines and was like, Y'all gonna wake up and do something? That's rough. When Tom Brady looks mad the entire game? Jesus. What do you want him to do? He did what he he did, the most that he could have done during this offseason. He couldn't even do that. Said, hey, offense, let's go to this field. Let's go to this little private spot. Let's, you know, run some some camp drills, blah, blah, blah. You got fucking helicopters and drones. Look at what Tom Brady is doing with Gronk and Mike Evans and all in this against some protocol. Can't even do that. And now people are like, they have no continuity. Well, fucking duh. This is what happens. This is what I've been saying this entire year. But everyone was saying, Tampa Bay is Super Bowl bound." Tom Brady finally has weapons. He, <laughs> And he's in a division that he can take. You're talking about the same division that the Saints are in where Teddy Bridgewater went undefeated while Drew Brees was on the sidelines. Please don't make it seem like there's no competition in that division because there is. And the Falcons, whenever they decide to show up, they'll be that team in that division to just fuck it all up and make a team win or lose just to make things interesting. Don't ask me why. So with that being said, we can talk about last night. Last night, we saw two birds in a fight, and one bird just didn't have any wins. We saw a game where Russell Wilson, who was the leader, the guy of this entire MVP race until he went through a three to four game stretch of just being back. This game did not help him. This wasn't the greatest game by him. We watched a game where Carson Wentz put on full display why I have not been on the bandwagon with him this entire time. I remember I would get shit on because I said, Carson Wentz is not good. And people would be like, oh, you're just being a hater because you had Patrick Mahomes. No, that's not it. He's just not good. Even through Wentz's, quote unquote, Potential MVP year, guys, he's not that good. But I was a hater. I was told, and my big bro is Eagles fan. So if anything, I want to be able to root for them. I want to see them succeed. But they will not. With Carson Wentz at the head, they will not be a successful team. With Carson Wentz at quarterback, now do I think it is time for them to move to Jalen Hurts? No, I'm sorry, but no. And this is why you have a you have a team that for some reason is still fighting to be you know in in the race for this horrid division, but also. You have an offensive line that's not healthy. They're extremely banged up. They're mix matching and moving and trying to at least have a starting offensive line. And you're gonna put your young, high draft capital worthy quarterback behind that line that your most established veteran, (laughs) uh, Kelsey at center, Can't even snap the ball in the correct position because he's fucking tired and he's the only one from the starting lineup that's still healthy. And you mean to tell me you want to put a young quarterback behind that line so you can end up like Joe Burrow? No. No. Don't do that. Carson Wentz is worth 100 million dollars. You get every single fucking dollar out of him until you ship him out somewhere else. That's it. And what sucks is that the Eagles are going to hit 30 million plus for the next two years. So their cap hit goes down on Carson Wentz. So even if you want to move him, you're still going to have to deal with that shit. When you make a $100 million investment and all of a sudden that investment starts tanking, yeah, you start looking at other options, but you don't just immediately just start fucking around and moving things around now. That's $100 million. <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, Cam Newton was playing like a million-dollar quarterback. Carson Wentz is not playing like a $100 million. Not even fucking close. He drove down the field. And threw the most bum-ass interception. Straight. That was probably the most accurate ball that he threw all night to a defender. I don't get it. And when I said he wasn't good. You know what I was getting at that point in time, those responses I was getting? Well, if Carson Wentz had what Patrick Mahomes has, it's the same thing when I say Tom Brady's not good. It's the same thing I say, uh, I get when Kirk Cousins isn't good. <clears throat> it is always, well, if they had Patrick Mahomes' weapons, they would be great. Well, guess what? Before Patrick Mahomes was playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith had all these Weapons. You take out Sammy Watkins and you take out and you add Kareem Hunt instead of Clyde Edwards Hillary. And Alex Smith had all these weapons. And he went (laughs) and could not seal what we have done so far. He had, of course, he had a better year than he did. Uh, you know, in Washington right now with the 49ers and all that. He had better years because he has a better coach and a better organization and could stay healthy and all that. But <laughs> that's, not, that's not what it is. Also, Alex Smith is a way better football player than Carson Wentz. And if you disagree with that, we can't talk football anymore. We just can't. My first knock on Carson Wentz was availability. To me, that is the most valuable thing in football. If you are not available, if I I can't call on your number more than 80% of the football season, you can't be considered the best for me. It's, It's literally the exact same reason what I say about George Kittle. They say, George Kittle is the best tight end. Move over, Kelsey, blah, blah, blah. They are trying to shove Kelsey out of this tight end light before he can fully step in. Because guess what? He's been sharing it with Grok for years. And now he can finally step into the light and be that guy in the tight end echelon. And it's uh, George Kittle is a better blocker. George Kittle can do anything. Is he available? No, because he's still not playing football now. Was he available last season? No. But he's the best tight end in football, right? What is so scary about Kelsey's production is that he has continued to shatter record after record after record. And he didn't even play his first season. But after that, guess who was available? That's all I have to say. Carson Wentz is not good. He's not good at football. He's not good at throwing. He's not good at running. He has moments. Moments don't win you championships. As I've said on this podcast, Carson Wentz will be at the end of his career. And the only ring that he will have in his trophy case, jewelry case, whatever, only ring he will have will be won by a man that led his team to the Super Bowl. And it's not like Nick Foles just won the Super Bowl. He played two very good playoff games and led that team there. sorry but he's not good and i've been on this train for years this is not something i learned last night you tell me a game where you're like carson once proved to me he was worth 100 million dollars and i will show you hours of film that shows me that was a bad investment Doesn't matter who you put around. You can put Carson Wentz in Kansas City. He's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. That's what I got for you. Now, what can I say about this pending game between the Ravens and the Steelers? What is there to say? Steelers, uh, welcome to 11-0. Uh, Ravens upset with RG triple sticks, and Steelers fans are going to be pissed because they should have played this game a long time ago. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, puts up 300 yards rushing between them. Gashes the vaunted Steelers defense. There's so many of them those hot take, hot button things I could say. I'm not going to. (laughs) What I am going to say about this game on Wednesday is that the Steelers need to have a realization on who they are. That doesn't always come in a loss. Most of the time it does doesn't always come in a loss. But as I mentioned with the Chiefs, when you are the best around, it is a little harder to find the motivation to play harder than you typically do. That's just how that is. You have to be motivated. You have to be on another level to jump and play at your best which you did before you noticed that you were the best. The Steelers, one, are not the best. They feel they do, but they're not. Also, they need that hit in the face. Do I think it's going to come from the Ravens? Who fucking knows? Because as as the days go on, we don't know who's going to play on the field during this game. But they need that knock in the face to be like, hey, come back to reality. The Steelers thrive. From coaching staff down, they thrive off being the underdog. That's just what they do. They need to be back in that seat. So it will only take a week of them losing or winning a game by a close field goal or whatever for the power rankings to adjust and put Kansas city above them or put them at three and put green Bay above them or something like it's only going to take a week for that to happen. And once that happens, the Steelers are going to be right back to four or five sacks a game, right back to everybody talking shit on Twitter again, right back, to the Steelers being who what the Steelers see them as. And when that happens, it needs to happen within this next week or two. So they can roll into the playoffs with that mentality. Because if they don't, if they do not go into the playoffs with that, they'll be bounced out of the first round. If they go into the playoffs, 15-1, 16-0, they will be bounced out of the first round if they go into the playoffs 15 one 16 0 they will be bounced out of the 1st They will have that only by. There will be a bunch of talk about how Steelers could rewrite history. They could be that team. They have the defense. They're immediately going to start with, this is the defense to beat Patrick Mahomes, even though the 49ers defense was supposed to be that. 49ers also had very dynamic plays on offense. Steelers (laughs) Steelers <laughs> have hopeful plays on offense. They need that check. They need that mentality switch before the playoffs. Because if they do not have that, the Steelers, they are thirsty to be the underdog. Mike Tomlin coaches his best games when he feels he's been different as much as he says, He doesn't care about the national media as much as he shortchanges his talks and his speeches to the national media about how things go and bulletin board material and all that. Mike Tomlin coaches his ass off when that weekly media is not about them. (laughs) They need that attitude check. It makes them a different team. It really does. So... That's all I'm gonna say about that game. We will see tomorrow. Uh, I will be on the road. So hopefully I can catch most of it on my phone. Uh, But I will be ripping and running everywhere tomorrow. And literally I mean everywhere. (laughs) So that will be that. Also a few things that I'll be looking at into next week. I mean, there's a lot of throwaway games next week. I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. Uh, hmm, things to look at next week. Browns-Titans will be very interesting. You'll see who the Cleveland Browns really are. Um, and <laughs> what up, homeboy88? Ah, I can't really see your picture right now, so I can't really know like who you are, but what, what what's good? <laughs> um, Browns-Titans, You'll you'll really know who the Browns are when they go against this Titans team. Um, Derrick Henry, it's going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, So that'll be something to look at. Uh, Raiders, Jets, the only reason to look at this is that, I mean, the Jets are not going to win, but you will see what the Raiders do against a very bad team that they should beat. Um, That's pretty much it, that's all I got Uh, because they should have beaten the Falcons and they did not. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll follow you, go ahead. Go ahead and follow and like the show. Also, follow me on Twitter at A Armor. Uh, you'll get all the updates for the show that I do every Tuesday and Thursday, but not this week. This week we will be going live on Saturday. Saturday we will be going live. We'll be doing uh QA. I'll probably have some wrestling friends on here. We'll talk shit. Um, and you know, we'll talk about sports, wrestling, music, whatever it may be. Uh so yeah. Go hop on Twitter. Twitter will get you all the updates. And then, of course, follow on here because you'll be notified every time that I go live. And the next time we go live will be Saturday. Um, So, I don't know what else to look at next week. Um, I won't even say watch Broncos Chiefs because (laughs) it should be one of those games. And it's prime time. Uh, It's in Kansas City. come on I I don't make predictions on my own team but this is this is just one of those easy ones Uh, also Washington Steelers we'll we'll see how that goes after the Ravens game Um, Alex Smith being quick and conservative with the ball is very dangerous against a team that likes to pass rush. It's very dangerous. Um, That's all I have to say. Just playing a quarterback with a very decent football IQ uh, takes care of the ball and has a weapon or two.
2: It's
0: okay. It's all right. Uh, But besides that, that's pretty much it. Uh, Cowboys Ravens, that'll be an ego game for Lamar Jackson when he comes back because that defense can't stop anything. Um, we're seeing a defense evolve right in front of us when it comes to the Seahawks. Uh they've had two very good weeks. Carlos Dunlap has definitely added some juice. So it'll be very interesting to see how the uh, Seattle Seahawks continue to evolve going into the playoffs. Uh with that being said, teams are really starting to show who the hell they are right now. Uh some of them are it's just not good. Others Eh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we saw a monumental media event. I'm gonna call it a media event. Um, in the Tyson and Jones pay-per-view that happened. Uh, what a fucking spectacle that was. Multiple sets, lighting rigs, all that. You had musical performances. Like they really tried to do this up to make it bigger than a like quarantine event that has happened. Um, if you didn't see it, uh, I recommend go and finding it on some kind of media site. I'm sure, my God bugs, yes, sir. Um, I might see you sooner than expected, but i'll I'll keep in touch and let you know. but if you if you didn't get to see this Tyson Jones spectacle, go and try to find and watch it. I'm sure you have seen now memes and video clips of it everywhere. Uh, especially Nate Robinson getting, not now. The basketball fan in me did not want to see this happen. I wanted to see because I, I enjoy it when athletes from other sports go out and show out and do their thing in other avenues. Because I am a multi multi sport athlete, so I appreciate and learning different styles and different techniques from other sports usually help you in your primary primary sport. Uh, I mean, I played football, soccer, and was in in MMA before I got into a wrestling ring. If you were to tell me I just don't use any other asset of any of those sports before, like, as I'm in the ring, I I would say you're dumb. So I was looking forward to seeing this thing. And I don't follow, uh, what's his name, Jake Paul or anything like that. Um, on social media on YouTube or anything like that. I knew of the first fight that he had and that he won that. Uh, I know of his YouTube fame, but like I said, I don't follow him. But I was like, okay, you know what, Nate Robinson, go ahead and do your thing. These are both two inexperienced fighters. Even though um, is his name Jake Paul or Logan Paul? There's two different Pauls. And there are two different people, but I can't remember which one is Anyways, Paul, we'll just go with that. And not the monkey from the end of Jimmy Neutron. (laughs) But um, I know that he's been very serious about his training and all that. Nate Robinson just jumped into the world. So I expected novice behavior from him in the ring. I did not expect for him to not have any control and treat it like a street fight. And at that point, I saw this Facebook post this morning, actually talking about, I can't believe all these memes and y'all making fun of Nate Robinson. Like, not all of y'all can go into college with, with uh, two scholarships and this or that for football. And back. and like talking talking all this stuff about Nate Robinson, not to downgrade Nate Robinson. Tremendous athlete. Nate Robinson was a fucking unicorn in the basketball world, being 5'9 and being able to dunk on whoever the hell that he wants triple, shoot, dunk, dunk, comp, champ. Like, Nate Robinson was praised in the basketball world. Also, Nate Robinson used to be the center of memes when it came to basketball. Because if you got dunked on, if you got posterized by Nate Robinson, trust me, you were on Facebook, Twitter, all that. Why, man, some of that was before giant social media. But that... That's still the case. <laughs> and what's wild is that if Nate Robinson would have won this boxing match, it would have been the same ridicule on the other side. I, I hate it when people try to do too much. And that's what that Facebook post was. It was them doing too much. Because you yeah, people being like, yeah, I'm just glad Nate Robinson got out there. Hell no. Nate Robinson got knocked the fuck out. And I ain't praising nothing about it. He acted like a novice in the ring. He is a novice in the ring. And he didn't protect himself in the ring. So that leaves you get knocked out. It's that easy. But the true winner of this whole Tyson Jones spectacle was Snoop Dogg. His performance, well, his musical performance, And then you got his commentary performance. Was incredible. He he was the most hilarious thing. And what's crazy is that they already had a very decent commentary team. And I was already enjoying the commentary team. And then when Snoop would come in and out, it just became comical because it felt like They made, this was a very quarantine commentary booth. They made it feel like you were with your homeboys talking about this game. And Snoop was that one dude that was a blunt or a drink too far. And he added the extra seasoning to all of it. And I loved it. Because when he said, oh, Lord, I was right there with him. I was right there with him. And it was the most hilarious thing. Snoop was the sound clips that people add in viral videos. But it naturally happened by itself. And that is a wonderful thing. I want Snoop to commentate football games. I want Snoop to commentate tennis matches. I want Snoop to commentate the Masters. I want him to be on every sports media outlet ever. And just let him do his thing because it was fucking hilarious. Dana White, talked to Snoop. Get him in the UFC pay-per-view. I will buy them all. But what a time, <laughs> what a time. We still have these quarantine sports specials that are happening. And it's, I think they're just getting better and better. But with that being said, once again, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there. Saturday will be the next show. That's when we'll do the slide thing. I'm going to talk to a few friends, get them on. Um, it's going to be a Q and A. It'll probably be a longer show than usual. Um, also, I'll be dropping video game reviews during this time as well. Um, first up is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, then we'll get into a few sports games, and then Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, those will be dropping soon, soon. Uh, and then, you know, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, Shout out to all of my new Twitter followers. I've seen at least 150 to 200 new followers in the past uh, week or so. So I really appreciate to everyone that has been watching the show, sharing the show, and also following me on Twitter. It's going to be the best way to interact with me because I tweet when live sports are going on. I tweet the second that I learn uh, new info. Now that I'm starting to get to know some people that know some people um, I'm definitely getting some words before your ESPN notifications and uh, all that kind of stuff. So definitely follow me on Twitter at official A Armor. And what more than likely is going to happen is that I'm going to change my Twitter handle to something that's a little easier to plug. Also to kind of continue this transition for me post wrestling. So stay up for that. Um, and then I will see you guys all on Saturday. We're going to talk some shit and. Um, you know enjoy sports as they come for those that are dealing with snow <laughs> welcome to december i'll see you guys on saturday thank you for listening to the voice of fandom podcast You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts.
2: Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay.